Blog Talk Radio.
Friday. It's a great day in the kingdom. And welcome to MiracleInternetChurch.com. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church, too. And we're glad that you could join us. Amen. We meet together every Wednesday and every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America, online and all around the world. Not just in the United States, all over the world. And we invite you to join us in our chat room. Yes, we get together in the chat room, and we pray. Amen? And we do warfare, and we encourage each other in the Lord, and we amen the sermon. Amen? Praise God. So we encourage you to join us. I need to say one word at a time. We encourage you to join us. Come on over to the chat room. Amen? Amen. You'll find there's a lot of information there that you need to know. Like, which Walmarts are they closing, and is it the one in your neighborhood? There's all kinds of information in our chat room, believe it or not. And we encourage you to join us in Jesus' name. We have a clean chat room. It's sanctified and it's holy. And it's protected by the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we ask you to come to MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up, across the banner, you'll see MIC Radio Chat. Click that link. When the page changes, click Guest. When the page changes, sign in with your name. That means one of the names that's on your birth certificate. Amen. If it's not on your birth certificate, you need to do something. Amen? One of the names is actually on your birth certificate. And then greet the saints. Say hello. Say praise the Lord. And they'll say something back to you. Amen? Then you can participate in all that we're doing in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise the Lord. We're so happy to see you. And all of our first-time listeners, we encourage you to join us, too. Uh, We have a a variety of subjects to discuss in in this ministry. You see, because we don't leave out things that Jesus taught us. If Jesus taught about it, we're going to say something about it sooner or later. Amen? So know that whatever you hear here, that we will back it up with the scriptures. And we will teach you directly from the King James Version of the Bible. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, Presently posted in our chat room is our dream protocol, as it was given to me by the Holy Spirit years ago. It's a protocol. It's not a prayer. Protocol, as in steps for you to follow to take care of a situation. Amen? Steps for you to follow. Step number one. Ask Jesus Christ, so on and so forth. Step number two, ask him for the interpretation of scriptures. Step number three, if no. Step number four, bind the purpose. Step number five, place the wickedness. 
Step number six, forbid any demons, and on and on and on it goes. That does not mean that you can decide, oh, I didn't like that dream, so it wasn't of Jesus. No, that's not what the protocol says. The protocol says, ask Jesus. You are not Jesus Christ. Thank you. Please ask him. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Amen? You need to make sure that it is posted in your Bible. It is physically attached to your Bible so you can find it at all times. Amen. So if your Bible is your phone, you need a hard copy. You do not own the Bible that's in your phone. You do not own that. The only Bible you own is the one you can hold in your hand. That's the one you own. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, we want to thank the Lord for that. So, um, something else I'm supposed to tell you. It'll come to me as time goes on. But we're happy that you could join us. No matter what happened in your week this week, it's over now, okay? We're in church with Jesus. So whatever that was, let's First Peter 5, 7 it and get rid of it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's try one more time. Nobody's saying amen. <laughs> whatever happened to you this week, if it was great, wonderful. If it got on your nerves, let's get rid of it. Let's do 1 Peter 5, 7. Let's cast all of our care upon the Lord because he cares for us. Let's turn it over to him because if it's getting on your nerves, you don't know what to do about it anyway. You're just sitting there letting it get on your nerves. Am I right or wrong? Okay, so let's turn it over to Jesus, and that's the end of that because you don't know what to do anyway. That's why it's irritating you. The irritation tells you that it's time for you to cast your care on the Lord. That's why it's there, to tell you, you're doing something wrong. 1 Peter 5, 7. Okay? You're doing something wrong. That's why the annoyance and the irritation, that as you let it continue, it gets worse and worse, and it becomes frustration. Why? Because you're supposed to have already cast it on the Lord and not taken any anxious thought. Now, people, people that have this generationally, you may have a bit more of a challenge. Amen? You might have a bit more of a challenge you might have a bit more of a challenge. Amen? But nonetheless, you can overcome through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? All right. We got that? You might have to press a little harder because your ancestors did the exact same thing you do, and you have that habit that they had. But you can press through in Jesus Christ and come through that. You don't have to repeat their sin over and over and over and over again. 
you can let it go. In Jesus Christ, you can do it. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen. So, as in the name of Jesus, we're going to do this now. We're going to we're going to practice. We're going to practice. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you obeying your word. You said for us not to take anxious thought for tomorrow. You said for us to cast all of our care, the entirety, the whole thing, every little thing that bothers us, cast our care upon you because you care for us. Amen? So right now, Lord, in obedience to the word, we cast our care. On you. That felt good, Lord. We cast our care on you, and we thank you and give you praise, Lord, because now you're taking care of it, and we don't have to carry that load. Thank you, Lord. It's so refreshing to let go. It's so refreshing. You feel the presence of the Holy Spirit moving towards you. Yes, you do. It's refreshing. When the mailman didn't do what we needed, we cast it on you, Lord. When the uh, sanitation workers left our, our, our container in the middle of the street, we cast it on you. When the line was too long at the grocery store, we cast it on you. When we went to the mailbox but what we were looking for wasn't there, We cast it on you. When we cranked the car the first time, it didn't crank, and we had to work at it a little, we cast it on you. When we looked at the car and it had a new dent in it, we cast it on you. When we checked our checking account, it had far less than we thought we had in it, but we cast it on you. Amen. Amen. Because you supply all of our need according to your riches and glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. When we tried to get some things done, when we tried to get some things done, and we kept getting these obstacles and these hindrances and these blocks, we cast it on you. Because you care for us. When we were working through a situation on our job and it didn't work out the way we thought, we cast it on you because you knew it was coming anyway. And you care for us and you're going to take care of us. Maybe it's time for us to shift gears and go in another direction. Or maybe it's time for us to sit still before you because you've been waiting to get us to sit still so you can get our undivided attention. Lord, today someone blessed me with some information. This is the truth. 
they ran, they were doing fine, and then they ran into some turbulence in their walk with God. So they had a choice. They could either run from the turbulence and try to solve the problem themselves, or they could just go through the turbulence with you, staying close to you, listening to you, obeying you, and allowing you to bring them through. So do I need to say, Lord, that what we're supposed to do is stick with you, not resort to our fears and being a scary cat and being a baby about it. Amen? Sometimes what we've been doing is not helping us, it's hurting us. And God has to relieve us of that situation so that we can grow. It's hard to accept that at first, but God is always working it out for our good. So we want to thank you, Lord, that whatever direction you take us in is the direction you want us in. We're walking with you, not on our own trying to do what we think is right, but instead yielding to you and to your spirit working in us. It's God working in us, making a change in our lives. It's the change we've wanted, but we didn't pick this method to get it. Well, it wasn't up to us to pick the method. It's God's choice. He causes us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we've been asking God to correct us. We've been asking God to correct our lives. Well, that's just what he's doing. We've been asking God to come reign over us. Well, he is. That's what he's doing. Amen? That's what he's doing. So you see these things going on, and you're trying to figure out what's this and what's that. He's doing what we asked him to do. We asked him in faith believing. He says when we ask him in faith believing, he's going to answer. He's going to do what we asked him to do. He's correcting our lives, and he's correcting us, and he's reigning over us. He's showing us the true us. Amen? How else can you work on your own wickedness if you don't recognize it? It means you'll be showing up to the throne of God after your life on earth is over, with areas that you never dealt with. You can't deal with it unless you have some knowledge of it. That's when you can go to God and get something done about it. Amen? Amen. You can't get anything done about it if you're totally oblivious to it. You have to have some level of acknowledgement or recognition so you can go to God and say, Lord, I have this area. We need to work on this. That's what correction does. It opens our eyes so we can see, and we can see something's not right. Amen? So we welcome the correction of our God. We welcome the changes that he's bringing. It tells us sometimes that we need to be healed in an area that we thought we were already healed in. Well, God wants to go deeper in that healing. 
He's got a blessing he wants to bring, but he's got to fix this first. And a blessing that he wants to bring, but he's got to fix this first. Yes, we have to get fixed and healed because we won't be able to contain the blessing. It'll leak right out of us. Amen? So don't run away when God starts to work on you. Everything does not feel good in Christ, but it's good for us. And he makes it work together for our good. You wake up and say, why am I in this situation? Well, God's trying to help us. Sometimes we don't recognize it as help, but it is. And when we humble ourselves and allow him to show us that he's actually trying to work good into our lives, then we stop fighting back so much. We stop resisting God. And that's always a good thing, amen? It's always a good thing. It's coming at us, so we assume it's the devil. But it's not always the devil. Sometimes it's God. He's coming in through a side window because we won't let him in the front door. Amen? But you see, he's coming in anyway. And he's going to make us the people of God that he's always wanted us to be. So let's cheer up. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we want to thank you for that explanation. We needed it. We want to thank you for the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us to trust you more than we have ever trusted you before. We're heading straight forward, Lord. We're already in the end times for those who think we're not. We're already in the end times. We're heading straight for the end of the end times. Amen? And we're going to have to trust you more than we have ever trusted you before, Lord. Thank you for teaching us how to trust more than we've ever trusted before. Thank you for teaching us how to obey better than we have before. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening us to believe you more than we've ever believed you before. When you tell us you've given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us, you mean Nothing shall by any means harm us. We need to believe you. We need to really believe you. Because we're going straight into the headwind. Yes, it's rough water, but you're walking across that water to us, Jesus. Thank you. It's going to be okay. No matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Amen. We're going to be okay. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we all get angry from time to time. But the Bible tells us not to nurse our anger. Instead of dwelling on it, we are told that we should turn away from it. Amen. Instead of feeding it until we explode, we are to let it go. There's nothing wrong with feeling angry sometimes, 
But when we let our anger drive us, when we lose control of ourselves because we're so full of rage, then we're likely to hurt those around us and ourselves. Father, we acknowledge our angry feelings. Even angry feelings that we thought we had forgiven that before, and we did at the time. But underneath, there's still some anger. There's still some resentment. There's still some bitterness. We repent of that, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask you to heal us and to deliver us. We ask you to heal us and to deliver us in Jesus' name. Help us, Father, not to stuff these issues away and pretend that they don't exist. That's easy to do, Lord. That's easy to do. But we give them to you. We give our angry feelings, our hurt emotions, our misunderstandings, our different perspectives, we give it to you, Lord. Some of us have a bad habit of because we were taught to be polite a certain way and sweet a certain way and this a certain way, that we never express our anger in a constructive manner. We just shove it down inside because that's what we were taught growing up. But, Heavenly Father, there's a better way. We can come talk to you. We can come surrender it completely to you. We can pray and ask you to heal us, deliver us, set us free, open our eyes, so we can get what we need from God. We won't have to walk around in a huff all the time. We won't have to have sudden illnesses show up because we're putting too much stress on our immune systems. We won't have to have it that way because we're actually doing the right thing in casting our care upon you. Amen. So, Father, some of us, we're going to need you to remind us when we start that again, you're stuffing it again, you're stuffing it, because we're so used to doing it that we do it without thought. So forgive us, Lord, for that. That's a weakness in our flesh. Forgive us for that and help us not to stuff it, because we've been taught to have this Christian presentation all the time. And, of course, Christians don't get angry, but that is not the truth either. Amen? We will allow you, Lord, to be the container that holds our temper, keeps it from hurting others. Heavenly Father, we've noticed sometimes we're more likely to get angry when we're focused on ourselves. We want to be in control. And when we're not, even little things upset us. Remind us that you are in control and not us. Our life is in your hands. We don't need to feel frustrated when things don't go the way we want. Instead, we can wait to see what new thing you will do. 
Lord, there are times when we get angry with others when they don't act the way we want or desire. Our own behavior is far from perfect. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to replace our frustration and resentment with humility and patience in Jesus' name. Amen. We know you love us, Lord. You knew all about our imperfections a long time ago, before you sent us to earth. So thank you, Lord. Sometimes we just get angry at stuff. It's nothing anybody did to us. It's that every time we walk past a certain thing, the box falls over. And by the time that's happened five times, we're angry. Father, help us not to get frustrated with ourselves in simple little silly situations. Sometimes, Lord, it's because we're worn out and we're tired. Sometimes it's because we actually need to eat dinner. We were so busy doing things, we forgot to eat. Kinds of reasons, Lord. Sometimes we just need to rest. We need to take a nap and then get up and go at it again. We try to do too much at once on too little, too little power. So, Father, help us in our weak places. We've got a lot of them. Yes, we do. But we still need your help, your strength, your forgiveness, your deliverance, your healing, and your love. Amen? Amen, we do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We need the Lord. People need the Lord. And we're the people of God that need him. Amen? We're the people of God that need our God. Amen. We can understand why other people need the Lord. We need him ourselves. You know, I once heard somebody say, the very person didn't know what they were saying anyway, that they don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. I said, well, church is full of people who came in the door hypocrites, and they're trying to get something done about it. What's your excuse? You see, there are people that are hypocrites that aren't doing anything about it, but criticizing all the other hypocrites that show up to church and try to get something done. They're trying to sit there until God does something with them, in them, or to them. Amen. Amen. That's just the truth. They're showing up, trying to make some kind of effort to show God that they do care about what's going on. And they need his help. That's why they're there. So don't Put your nose of scorn and pride and judgmentalism on them. Look in the mirror and realize you need to be there too. Amen? You need to be there too. There are no perfect people on this planet. No, not one. The perfect one has come, and he went back after 33 years. The rest of us are just as flawed as we can be. Some of us are in Christ. 
and some of us are not. But either way, we all need him. Amen? Jesus said he didn't come for people that were well. He came for people that needed a physician. He came for people who needed a physician. They needed help, and he was the only help they could find. And so they were in a hurry to get to him. They didn't care what the Sanhedrin said. They didn't care what the Pharisees or the Sadducees or anybody else's seed said. They needed help. He was helping people, and they were going to him, and that's just the way it is now. Some people haven't got the notion how to get there. At least you finally got there. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. They bumbled around and stumbled around for years and years and years trying to figure out how to get to God. And in the meantime, they made a wreck of their lives. Well, praise the Lord. They finally got here. Amen. And God's going to work with us. He does not require us to be so perfect that we have no flaws at all. No. He requires us in our flaws to lean on him. Amen. He requires us in our weakness, in our humanity, in our flaws, in our sin, in our backsliding to depend on him. Not our own bright ideas, his ideas. Amen. He gives us grace because we need it. He said, where sin does abound, his grace does much more abound. Why? Because we need it. We're not going to make it without his grace. We're just not. We're coming to the end of this life down here, and we need grace just to make it every day. We need grace to help us get to heaven. We don't want to come through all of this and still miss heaven. That's not the idea. Amen? We want to know when we lay down to die or else when the Holy Spirit takes us out that we're going to be with our Lord and Savior. And whatever we miss, he's going to come help us. He's not going to leave us and abandon us. Amen? So, For those of you who have relatives that talk about you like a dog, you know they do. Behind your back, they say worse things about you. Love them anyway. Pray for them anyway. But you keep on behind Jesus. You just let them watch you change. They'll get the point. Let them watch you change. They'll get the point. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for the armor of God. We want to thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. We thank you that our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We want to thank you that we take on the shield of faith so that we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Lord, help us. Give us strength to ignore stupidity in people. Yes, Lord, we're asking for strength in that area. We need strength, Lord, to ignore the stupidity that's in people. This is serious, Lord. There's a lot of this around everywhere. You tell us in the Bible. 
is called brutish, a.k.a. stupid. It's a lot of it everywhere, and it seems to be gushing out of every wall. Lord, we need strength to ignore it and to move on in your spirit. We need strength to overlook it and to move on in your spirit. We need strength not to give it our mental energy. We need strength, Lord, to keep our eyes focused on you and not on their foolishness in Jesus' name. We need strength for this because there's a lot of foolishness everywhere, a lot of it. So we thank you, Lord for helping us in this matter. Yes, Lord, there's a lot of foolishness going on, unnecessary, uncalled for foolishness, but we need you to strengthen us in our hearts and in our minds so we can stay focused on you and let those other people handle their own foolishness. Praise the Lord. We thank you that our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, We thank you that you have given us the shield of faith so we'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that you cover our rear. You put a hedge about us. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. We're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, and every tongue that is risen against us in judgment we condemn. We thank you that you are our shepherd and we shall not want. You supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord, and therefore we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can ignore the foolishness on the highway when they cross six lanes with no turn indicator and almost cause a wreck. We can make it all the way home without blowing our stack, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. We cast down all and every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord, we cast all of our cares upon you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and their wicked powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We chain them with eternal chains under darkness and fetters of iron. We send them into the spiritual cages and to the feet of Jesus for immediate judgment. We thank you and we give you praise, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that that place in the spirit realm that's been vacated by those wicked principalities, that you fill it with what you want in Jesus' name. 
We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to a strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking, listening, reporting, watching, peeping, whispering, familiar demons, electronic digital technology demons, and their attacks, all brainwashing kundalini spirits and their attacks, all water and marine spirits and their attacks, all sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils and their attacks. We will not sit here any longer, Lord, and let the enemy just beat up on us and do absolutely nothing. We repent of that right now in Jesus' holy name. Praise the Lord. All pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits in the name of Jesus Christ and their attacks we bind. We bind sorcery devils and their attacks seducing, womanizing, Quartum spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer, and their attacks. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons in Jesus' name. All beaming, all beaming done against the Christians and against conservatives and against people that they don't like. All beaming done against the resistance. We bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. We raise the shield of faith in Jesus' name, and we deflect it back where it came from in Jesus' name. We deflect it back where it came from in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology, and particle attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult, sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching, spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations, which are demons. We tell you, Satan, right now, you can't have the upper hand here. We strip you of your powers. We strip you of any supposed authority that you have. We take the ground back with the blood of Jesus Christ. We bind you and all of your underlings. We bind every strong man and all the underlings. We bind the underlings to the strong man. We cage you. We we chain you. And we send you all at once to the feet of Jesus to be judged before your time. Thank you, Lord. And maybe it is time for you to be judged. We want to thank you, Jesus. We bind all microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, the work of every druid, all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, mystic rituals in their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind all 5G and components, everything coming off the cell lights. We wrap those cell lights in the blood of Jesus. We 
Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Rika de Rebrusha la Rivia la Rivioso, Rumba Babacu, Rikisa de Rebrisha la Raka de Rita la Rivioso. Amen. Thank you. Oh, all right. <coughs> Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Rola Radioso, Rola Radioso, de Rebrisha de Rivia la Rivioso, de Rebrisha. We bind our hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intents. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, Russian, Ukrainian. What's known as Slavic states, Arabia, Northern Africa, every country along the Mediterranean Sea. Rusa that abrika de Cuba, Runga de Gibrishata, Runga de Abre, the Caribbean, Ruka de Abrishala de Yosotabre, Latin America, Ruka de Abre, Mexico, Ruka de Abre, all of South America, Rika de Abra, Runga de Abrishala de Yasatabra, the United States of America, Ruka da Rinka de Canada, Ruka de Abrishala de Yaki, Raka de Abrishala de Yosunda de Abrika de Yosodala, Ruka de Abrishala de Abraka, Jamaica, Ruka de Haitian. Dominican, Ruka de Abrusha, Adiosunda, Adia, Kakuguroko, Rila, Adiosunda, Abrika de every island, Ruka de global cabals, Rika de Abrisha, Adia Saha, Sila, Adiosunda, Abra, Coven, Rika de Abra, Illuminati groups, Rika de Abrisha, Adiosunda, Abrike, false religions, Rika de Abrisha, Abri, Sula, Adiosunda, Abrika de Satanists, Ruka de Tribal groups, indigenous groups. We bind your witchcraft in the name of Jesus. We bind your idolatry and all the false gods that you worship in Jesus' name. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind all Margellan's attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits, which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the Flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect. We bind all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship and witchcraft dedication, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon in Jesus' name. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, 
trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind spirits of infirmity, spirits of supplanting, the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts logic, science, and human reasoning and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, monitor, track, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, assassinate, divide, confound, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of infected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool, and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind, food lust, addictions, and gluttony. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demons, no wicked person or righteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights. Returning to the sender, all witchcraft attacks and channeling and the satellites against the website in Jesus' name. Every attack against the website, we return to the senders in Jesus' name. We send it back where it came from in the name of Jesus Christ. We suffer not a witch to live. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, every witch, every warlock, every wizard, every divinator, every liar, that is attacking presently a member of Miracle Internet Church, we bind them and their evil work in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over their witchcraft and over their witchcraft powers. Whatever it is that they are doing, Father, we return to sender in Jesus' name. We place them in the hands of the Holy Spirit, Father. For your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you and we give you praise, Father. We take authority, dominion, and power over door slamming for the purpose of releasing jinxes and hexes and vexes and such in Jesus' name. We send it right back, Father. It does not belong to us. You didn't give it to us. It is not ours. So, Father, we thank you for your solution to the door slams. We take authority, dominion, and power over evil and wicked neighbors in the name of Jesus Christ. Long ago, Lord, we have prayed to you and said, that evil and wicked persons cannot live next door to us. Cannot They cannot be above us, beneath us, to the left of us, or to the right. We remind you of that, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
in this ministry, we have taken a stand in the spirit that evil and wicked persons cannot live next to us. They can't live on top of us, beneath us, to the left, nor to the right, nor in the back of us, nor in the front of us, in the name of Jesus. Those that are the enemy of God cannot live adjoined to us in the name of Jesus. So we bind them all in Jesus' name. We bind all of their infractions of holy law, all of their infractions of human law. We take authority, dominion, and power over their wicked animals, their dogs, their cats, their birds, their whatever they send to do their wickedness in Jesus' name. We bind them too. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we send their wickedness back on them in the name of Jesus. We pull down all idolatry and the idolatrous spirits in the Rukotarebri. In any Ruka that are idolatrous artifacts in Jesus' name. Ruba Bakushi, Rila Radio Sundara Breka de Diola Radio Suta, Rike de Brisha, wicked birds. You are caged in Jesus' name, and your curses are bound to you in the name of Jesus. I don't know, Rakahara. We bind a Rukoha Rikisa, all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, and jujus, and return them from whence they came. We return all Nigerian tribal witchcraft, the Obita man, and return it where it came from. We return all Chaldean witchcraft from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ. We will abide not, no such in Jesus' name. All Buddhist witchcraft returned in Jesus' name. Every form, order, type, and rank of witchcraft and occult activity sent against us, we return it now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, yes, Father. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending, the New World Order, New Age Movement, the Great Reset, make-believe fantasy, fables, enchantments, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, Antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings. We chain them and send them into the spiritual cage to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind our human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, unyielding, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, 
all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Atlas, Mammon, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all gods and goddesses, and all false deities in Jesus' name. We bind Baphomet in the 72. In the name of Jesus Christ, Ruza de la Bruca de Dio Sola Radio Sur, Regisa de la Bri, Kiba Baba, Uruca Heredio Sola Radia Si, Raque de Rocoho Requisa de la Barrique de la Barusa Radia, Rique de la Buiba, and we break the powers of every Masonic ritual in Jesus' name, right, ceremony, pledge, bow, pact. Uh, we bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, and the grips in Jesus' name. And we disconnect ourselves from every Masonic tie and connection. Every connection that we have to the Masonic order, even if we don't realize it yet, we cut ourselves free in the name of Jesus Christ. We cut ourselves free from them, their prayers, their witchcraft, their evil, uh, demonic works in Jesus' name. We un- and that includes the order of the Eastern Star. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, signals, and such. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity, pride, work of errors, and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled. And we return and lose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to this. We bind the traditions, customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. Father, we bind the works of those who, who work to bring glory and honor to themselves. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Thank you, Lord. Father, we disconnect from ourselves. Every spirit that has, every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, transferred to us, we bind them and we command them to leave us now in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 
and kings and all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially those that are persecuted and those that were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Yes, Lord, we thank you for that. We cover ourselves and our transportation with the blood of Jesus. Amen. We take authority, dominion, and power over all interferences of any kind, be they animals, demons, objects, or whatever. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that you've dispatched your angels ahead of us to protect us and to see that all is well. We cover ourselves and all of our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all demons of the night, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams. We command them to stay away. We ask for giant warrior angels to protect us and our property all day and all night. We thank you for the wall of that protects us, Lord, with your glory in the midst in Jesus' holy name. We thank you for the praising angels, the warring angels, the linking angels that surround us, Father, in the name of Jesus. But most of all, we thank you for your very presence in our midst. We pull out fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, anything sent by the demonic realm, we send it back now in Jesus' name. We return it to sender in the name of Jesus Christ. We burn and destroy, completely destroy, silver cords, ley lines, ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We destroy walls of protection, regardless of where they come from, shields of protection, regardless of where they come from, any type, order, and rank of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, and such, divinators and liars. We break the power of all of their evil works, love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, fetishes, charms, psychic prayers and thoughts, death, bewitchments, witchcraft, potions, jinxes, mind control, sickness, pain, and torment, destruction, sorcery, magic, incense and candle burnings, ungodly blessings, Chanting, hoodoo, root works, crystals, tribal rituals and sins, pain and torment in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, we take authority over everything the devil's been doing, plots and plans that he has for us in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we break the power in the name of Jesus and under his blood of all wizards, warlocks, witches, pagans, wiccans, sorcerers, Satanists, and all sources of witchcraft and occultism. And we disconnect their rituals from us. With the blood of Jesus, we erase any line. We erase any marking on our emotions, on our will, our soul, our body, any parts of our body, inside or outside. We thank you, Lord. For demonic markings leaving our body because the blood of Jesus has washed them away. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' holy name, we send back spirits of bitterness. We bind any spirits of bitterness in us. We send back spirits of hate. We bind any spirits of hate in us. We send back murder. We bind any spirits of murder in us. We send back envy and jealousy. 
and wizardry and sorcery and any of those such spirits that might be in us in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirits of blindness, especially spiritual blindness, we send it back and we bind it in us. We bind spirits of bondage, heaviness, fear, and hatred. We thank you, Lord, for releasing the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord into our hearts by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So, yes, at the beginning of every broadcast, when we do the opening prayer, we have a prayer meeting. Because when you come before God, you pray. Amen? Amen. Uh, Brother Bill, I have, I'm going to uh, send you a message. This is the wrong thing. I'm going to send you a message because I need to tell you something. But you'll get it. I'll send it later. (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. So, our featured psalm for tonight's worship is Psalm 4. And our verse for meditation comes from the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7. Our featured ebook, which everybody needs to read, is Dangers of Astral Projection, Demonic Activity. The link is right there in the chat room. Amen. Right in the chat room. So tonight we're going to talk about confidence in his word. Confidence in his word. Confidence in his word. Saints, tonight we will continue a subject which we laid the foundation for a few months ago. So as you partake of this word, allow it to stir afresh the truths concerning this subject. Amen. God wants us to put our confidence in him and in the word of truth. God wants us to put our confidence in him and in the word of truth. I'll say it again. God wants us to put all of our confidence in him and in the word of truth through an an unconditional obedience of faith. We are called to follow in the way of Jesus Christ. Notice it says the way of Jesus Christ, not your name. That's right. Not your way, the way of Jesus Christ. Through an unconditional obedience of faith. Unconditional, no strings attached. Conditional obedience of faith. We are called to follow in the way of Jesus Christ thereby to come to mature spiritual manhood. That's right. All this obedience is supposed to help us to grow into mature saints of God, to the full statue of Christ indeed, not just walking around talking about it, but actually living it and being it. 
You know, you got to have proof sometimes. Amen? You can't just claim it. At some point, you got to have some proof. Being filled with all his fullness so that we may be conformed to his image. Jesus wants to pour into us himself so that we may be conformed. That's right. Change from the way we are, adapted to the way he is, to his image. That's what he wants. So let's join the Lord in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to verse 19. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 19. Okay. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, and to know, not just hear about, not just hear somebody else's testimony, no, to know for ourselves each of us individually, the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Said, boy, sister, that sounds real lofty. Don't worry, he'll get us there. If you if you trust him, he'll get us there. Now let's go a, a page over. To Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Till we all come into the unity of the faith. Until we all, that means Nobody's left outside trying to figure out what to do next. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. He wants us all to grow up. He wants us all to become mature. Amen? He wants everybody to grow up. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. 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 For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So what does that mean, Pastor? It means that when God made the world, he already knew the end results of what was going to happen from the beginning. He knew, that's why he can tell us in the Bible all about the Antichrist. He knows the whole thing. Before he ever started creating, he knew it all. He's God. He knows it all. And he already knew those that would come to him. So for those that would come to him through his son, Jesus Christ, he did predestinate those 
to be conformed. Conform means you can't stay in your present state. You have to change until you're in the image of his son so that Jesus Christ might be the firstborn among many brethren. He wants us to be like Jesus. I think we can understand that and appreciate it. Amen. Saints, this is the path which our God has chosen for us in love. This is the path he's chosen for us in love. So somebody would say, well, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Yes, you do. It's right there in Romans 8.29. He wants you to be conformed to the image of his son. And how do you do it? One obedience at a time. Amen. Amen. Yet, in spite of all of this, we continue to stray into an opposing direction. Yes, sheep wander, but we stray. We are still supposing that by knowing, by reasoning in our own hearts and minds and feelings, Oh, yes, it's all about what we feel, that we can know God and become like him. You know, there there are people that feel if they don't feel anything, that God isn't there. Granted, we know that that's ignorance, but they don't. They think they have to feel something for God to be there. That's not the truth at all. There's just simply no truth in that. It's a falsehood. It's a deception. It's a delusion. You don't have to feel anything for God to be there. Amen? God is not a feeling. I've known Christians that believe that God was a feeling. No, he's not a feeling. He's a spirit. You may experience some feelings as you become aware of his presence, but not necessarily all the time. Praise God. Amen. That's the truth. So, but those of us who depend on just feeling, who depend on our own supposing, our own knowing, our own reasoning in our own hearts and minds, and don't forget it, our feelings, we think this is how we connect with God and become like him. But we're wrong when we think that. We're wrong, and we need correction. When we depend on our own senses instead of holding on to our childlike faith of salvation, the childlike faith that brought us into salvation, don't let go. It's important. Instead of keeping our childlike trust in the word of God, we switch gears. Yes, we do. 
And we've done it so much that sometimes we don't realize when we're doing it. We've done it so much that sometimes we don't realize when we're doing it. You know, we had childlike faith and trust in the word of God, but somewhere along the line, we switched gears. We depend on ourselves instead of depending on God and his word. You see, if you weren't still depending on yourself, then when the car breaks down, there's no reason for you to be upset. Think about it. If you were not still depending on yourself, your abilities, what you think, feel, and and believe ought to happen, then when things go to shaking, you wouldn't get upset because you know it doesn't rest on you anyway. Amen. It's the truth. There are places in our lives where we're still depending on ourselves to figure it out, to solve it, to get it done, so on and so forth. We haven't maintained our childlike faith in the Lord. We've got it in some places, but in other places we don't. Amen. We begin to operate in the ignorance which is in us because of the blindness of our heart. Mm-hmm. And this very thing separates us from the life of God. When we do that gear switching thing and we begin to operate out of our own ignorance, which we actually think is knowledge and experience. And because of the blindness of our hearts, these things separate us from the life of God. So what do we do? What do we do about this, you know? I'll tell you what we do. We move into religious objects of various kinds. No, we don't go to God immediately and repent and say, Lord, I've gotten off track. Help me get me. No, 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 no. We move on further away from God. We go into objects and various kinds of things. If it's on the market, they sell it, we want it. The adoration of such things is an extension of our own carnal feelings. Amen. You can say ouch. The next step is idolatry in its early expression. What do you mean? Well, I mean these steps open the doors for numerous forms of superstition, divination, and enchantment. Enchantment? Think about the magic kingdom. That's enchantment. That's what it is. 
That's what that is. Amen. How many of you have taken your children or your grandchildren somewhere like that so you can have family fun? Well, you've indoctrinated them into a system that is not of God. God. See, when you learn better, you do better. Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 4. Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 4. Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Now, some of us like carving. Some of us like artwork with pictures. Some of us like all kinds of things. And some of us, even after we have come to Christ, been filled with the Spirit, still choose things. You know, we go to the flea market, and we're just walking around, and we see a picture we think ought to look nice on the wall. Sometimes we ask the Lord and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we don't do Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. And we bring home something that doesn't belong because we declare that our home is holy ground. And we sit there and like it and think it's nice and on and on and think nothing of it, really. But later on, when we're on a fast somewhere, the Lord begins, because we repented of so many things, to open our eyes. You know, we go through this long list of I bind my this, and I loose this scripture, and I bind my demons, and I loose Luke eleven twenty, and I bind my pride, and I loose James 4, 10. I bind my flesh, and I loose Galatians 2, 20. You know, after what? You know, it takes effect. And suddenly we look at the art piece and we notice that something's not quite right. It may take us a little while to figure it out, but then suddenly we start to see it. Amen. We've moved away from childlike faith in God and we're stepping a little closer to idolatry. You know, the world is full of all these uh, artifacts and things. And, oh, you like fossils. So you go you go to where they have the fossils, and you go buy these little rocks and shells and arrowheads and blah, 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 blah. And you don't ask the Lord a thing about, Lord, uh, should I be doing this? No. You're so enthralled with what you're doing. You know, you like to buy those little stones uh, that people put in their gardens with love on it and peace on it and this and that and the other. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Well, the first place I saw those things was on a, uh, uh, um, you know, these little flyers, these little magazines they send to you trying to buy stuff. But this one was a witchcraft one. Now, how on earth that thing came to me in the mail, I don't know. But I take it that the Lord did, so I would know about that because I went to somebody's house right after that, and they had all that kind of thing. You know, 
I was on the internet the other day trying to buy a, a cup, a simple cup, a tumbler, you know, one of those things you carry your your iced tea around in. And they're selling them with dream catchers printed in the thing. And I'm like, what? Oh, you know, I didn't come for a dream catcher. I just came for a plain old cup. So we start moving into religious objects, too. You, you know, you go one way or the other. But none of that is in Christ Jesus. You didn't learn that in Jesus Christ. Amen. So when we say let's do emergency house cleaning, you only think of certain things. You don't allow the Holy Spirit to open up your scope so that you can see other things. Because over your lifetime, you've been blinded to these things that the devil did because everybody else does it. Well, you're not like everybody else anymore. You've come into the kingdom of God. Praise God. So in Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 and 5, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, which means you don't go to the pottery class and you form a human a skull and think you're going to uh, put it in the kiln and take it out and paint it and plant your plants in it. No, that's not it. No. Any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. You know, some of us have stuff because our relatives gave it to us. It wasn't because we picked it up. They said, here, you take this. And what did you do? Take it. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So your grandmother is a full-blown witch. Over the years, she's given you stuff. You need to go to the Lord about that stuff, too. Amen. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 12. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the word, but saw no similitude. Only ye heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might do them in the land whether you go over to possess it. Mm-hmm. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make ye a grave and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the similitude of any figure, the similitude of any figure, 
the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun, the moon, the stars, even all the hosts of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them. Well, that's what they do on the phases of the moon. They do their incantations, their sacrifices, their so on and so on and so on. And serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. So God gave them a quick rundown of stuff he didn't want them to do. He said, when you engage with me on the mount, And I spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You didn't see any figure at all. Why? I didn't want you acting like those heathen nations, doing the things that they do. I don't want you following behind uh, this culture or that culture or the other culture. You've been severed from others. You've been severed. I have severed you from others. That you should be mine. That's what the Lord said. He has severed us from others. And some of us have a hard time receiving what God has said. Because we want to hold on to things that don't uh, please the Lord. Amen. Amen. Leviticus 20.26. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people that you should be mine. It's the truth. Amen. Acts chapter 7, beginning with verse 38. Acts chapter 7, beginning with verse 38. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in Mount Sinai with our fathers, who received the lively oracles to give unto us, to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. So you see in verse 39, they decided they weren't going to obey. They pushed God away from them, and in their own evil hearts, they turned back again unto bondage in Egypt. They wanted the easy way. They didn't want any difficulty. They didn't want to walk in the world. They didn't want this. They they wanted what they wanted because that's what they wanted. Amen? saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. He went up to talk to God. We haven't seen him in a while. So let us do the foolishness and the sin that we've been doing. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto the idol and rejoiced in the work of their own hands, rejoiced in the works of their own hands, Rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. 
As it is written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, have ye offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years in the wilderness? Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, figures which ye made to worship them, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. You see, God has a very strong reaction to idolatry in our lives. We should run from idolatry. Not only that, even symbols such as the brazen serpent, which God called Moses to make as a symbol of the people's sin. Now, the people got into sin. God released the serpents to bite them. And he said for Moses to make this brazen serpent and put it on a pole. Well, this was a type of Jesus becoming sin for us on the cross. And he told them that whoever looked upon it would not die from the serpent bites of poison. So you see, this thing God made as a type of Jesus Christ coming on earth and becoming sin for us on the cross. What did these people do with that? Well, as soon as they got over their serpent bite, they made an idol out of it. They decided now it's time to bow down and worship it. It's like they just didn't want to give up that idea. Okay? Therefore, in Numbers 21, chapter 5, I'm sorry, Numbers 21, verse 5, And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. Now this light bread was angels' food. But they resented it. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. They didn't just show up. They bit them. And much people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. They figured it out. We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent, set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So he didn't die from the serpent bite. So this was to keep them in in check. It was a reminder that they had sinned. They caused the problem with the serpents, but God in his mercy made a way for them. Amen. Saints, this is a serious warning. It is dangerous dangerous to worship God according to our natural senses in the stirring up of our emotions and feelings, which is what some churches major in. There are churches that major in stirring up the people's emotions, sometimes to get them to give a bigger offering. That's what they major in. Oh, your feelings. Oh, this. Oh, that. Yes, that's what. That's their main thrust. 
and there are others of them. You go there, you're supposed to be in praise and worship, and the music puts you in a hypnotic trance. Uh-huh. Some of you have been some of these places, but I'm here to tell you today you need to repent of that. It's dangerous to worship God according to our natural senses or using vis- vis- visible images in order to worship. You've got to have this image sitting before you in order to worship. I remember those huge uh, gargantuan statues that were in the Catholic Church when I was in kindergarten and first and second grade. Those things were big. They were scary to a kid. They were huge. If they had fallen on one of us, they'd have killed us. Amen, it's real. Yes, it's real. Some of us go so far as to lose sight of the truth that it is God's will to reveal himself by his written word. God reveals who he is through his word. God has chosen to, and I put this in quotes, explain, if you will, himself to us by the written word of God. You get to know God through his word. You get to know God through his word. You get to know God through his word, not your experience or your impressions or your feelings or your emotions or your assumptions. You get to know God through his word, yet so many of his people don't even read his word. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is only through faith and obedience to that word that our God can be truly worshipped in spirit and in truth. There are some churches they do not teach the people to read the word of God, to ask God to come and teach them his word. And some of you have been a part of those churches. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 23. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. That's the truth. John chapter 6, turn the page, John chapter 6, beginning with verse 68. John, the gospel of John chapter 6, beginning with verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
Thou hast the words of eternal life. Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was based on the word of God. And it should be based on what? On the word of God in our lives. Some of us don't read the Bible enough. Well, I don't understand everything I read. Well, guess what? God lives inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. At any time, you may sit down and ask the Lord to teach you what he wants to teach you out of the word for that day. You have that option. You have that privilege. You have that opportunity. It's part of your inheritance. Amen. Praise the Lord. John chapter 7. See, not far away. John chapter 7, beginning with verse 16. John chapter 7, beginning with verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine. In other words, what I'm teaching you didn't originate with me. But his that sent me. So it originated with my father. Amen. Jesus could have taught us a lot of things, but he taught us what the Father said to teach us. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine or the teaching, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. And it's that way now. If you're a person that's doing the will of God, God will see to it that you figure out, that you find out, that you come to know whether the teaching you're listening to is of him or if people are just speaking of themselves. Praise the Lord. Amen. Only by... Our born-again, childlike faith and the word of truth are we anchored in our God. Only by our born-again, childlike faith and the word of truth are we anchored in our God. The Gospel of John, Chapter 1. John, Chapter 1. Beginning with verse 12. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. But as many as received him. Yes, you have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, the master, the ruler of your life, and the savior of your soul. Your means of receiving salvation. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. They were born again of God. Amen? 
I think we understand that. John chapter 3, verse 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So you'll be standing there trying to witness to somebody, and you're all off into scriptures that's so far over their head they don't know what you said at all. Well, that's not how you witness. When you witness to somebody, you witness simply. You keep it simple. You don't go uh, quoting scriptures somewhere that you have to have been in the Word for a little while to understand what they mean. You don't do that. You make it extremely simple. Like somebody that's never heard of Jesus Christ before in their life. You start from that level. You don't go witnessing and starting off on, well, you know, in the book of Revelation, no, that's not where you start. You start with them on basics. Jesus loves you. He was sent to earth to teach people about God and his plan for their salvation to save their souls. From eternal damnation He loves them He doesn't want them going to hell He didn't make hell for people He made it for the devil and his angels And his fallen angels So Jesus has come To talk to you Through me So you can hear him And understand what he's trying to say to you You keep it simple You don't get all complex And theological No, God loves you. Jesus died for you. He took his sins on his own body on Calvary a long time ago. So you can be reunited with God and have a relationship with him while you live on earth. You can have a brand new life with him. Keep it simple. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Saints, for these reasons, God has declared all disobedience to his voice to be as the sin of witchcraft and divination and idolatry. Well, I don't hear God's voice. Well, you probably do have an unction from the Holy Ghost. An unction, a knowing way down in your knower of what God's telling you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's the truth. God has given severe and serious warning. He has said of the disobedient and rebellious person, Because you have rejected the word of God, I will reject thee. God had things to say about this situation. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Amen. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. 
Old Testament. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people, God said, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what he said. You can't be rejecting the truth that he tries to teach you because you just don't happen to like it. It doesn't suit you. So we can clearly see that all stubborn opposition to God, his word, his will, his guidance, as well as all resorting to unscriptural means for influencing our lot in life, whether for healing or for knowing the future, all of these and more are sins of witchcraft, sins of divination and idolatry. So God says all of our stubborn opposition to him, to his word, to his will, and to his God, as well as resorting to unscriptural means to get answers for our lives. Unscriptural. I think he can help you with that. Unscriptural means of coming up with healing. There's so many of those, I'm not going to begin to tell you what they are. Unscriptural means of attempting to receive healing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's time for you to go to the Lord in prayer. Unscriptural means of getting our lives influenced and changed to suit us. That's right. Unscriptural means of trying to know the future. Amen. All of these things don't please God. Since I am preaching and teaching this again, it pertains to members of MIC, Miracle Internet Church, who have not yet understood that this is an open door to demons and demonic oppression. Again, saint, the one great sin which leads to all others is unbelief and disobedience to God and to his words. We won't believe and trust God. So we go our own way in disobedience, which opens the garage doors and leads to yet other sins. When we open our hearts and minds to the lies and deception of Satan and to the teachings which demons teach, we are brought under their domination. And some of us have been to those churches which teach the teachings which demons teach, and you were brought under demonic domination. Hebrews chapter 3, 
verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Some of you have gone to churches and, and, and meetings and such where there's this mixture. There's this mixture, or so they're tr- trying to make it appear, of Christianity with voodoo or hoodoo or santeria or some form of witchcraft mixed in. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. That doesn't work. There is no fellowship between Christ and Belial. There's no fellowship between Christ and the devil. You can't mix them together. You know, missionaries go into foreign nations and they preach the gospel, basically. But the people, the native people, don't want to give up their idolatrous tradition. They want to keep them. So what do they do? They mix it in with the faith that the missionaries are bringing to them. That's what happens. Amen. That's what happens. That is what happens. Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. If it's full of unbelief, it's an evil heart of unbelief. And departing from the living God. That's what an evil heart of unbelief does. It causes you to depart from the living God. But exhort one another daily in the MIC chat room while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You get so familiar with sin again that it hardens you to Jesus Christ. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, that childlike faith in the word of God, the beginning of our confidence, steadfast unto the end. We got to go the distance. We've got to go the distance. Praise God. We've got to go the distance. Whoever commits sin is the slave of sin. What? That's right. If you're one of these, I'm continually, you know, you've been set free from that. You got You've got authority over the devil. We've taught you that repeatedly. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. That's why you can't call adultery a mistake. Ah. No, it's not a mistake. It's sin. That's why I have so ardently taught you Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Well, did you ask the Lord about it? Did you seek his face? This is an important decision. Did you seek him? No, I didn't. That's not a mistake. That's sin. You can't call it a mistake because it's sin. That's what it is. It's not as if you've never heard the scripture and you don't know what it means. It's that you failed to do it. That's sin. Amen. 
Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So if you want to serve sin unto death, then you keep right on fornicating because you have become a servant to the spirit of fornication and the spirit of lust and the spirits of perversion. But I would suggest that you not do it that way. I would suggest that you go into deep repentance with the Lord and ask him to forgive you, to change you, to heal you, to deliver you. And then you have to learn to stop doing the things that you used to do. Amen? So that you can move from sin unto death into obedience unto righteousness. You know, you used to chase women. Well, you can't do that anymore. You used to uh, eyeball them from head to toe. You don't have any business doing that either. That's sin. Amen. It's, it's sin. You know there are certain things that you turn the TV on to get some news, and then up comes this water spirit. Yeah, it jumped right in the water on the commercial, and it's breaking through the water. That's a water spirit. But did you bind something? No, you did not. Come on now. Let's be real. TV is full of demons. It's almost impossible to watch something these days <coughs> where you don't encounter demons. The Africans used to come over and tell us uh, that uh, all the children watch demons all day on Saturday. They watch all the cartoons, and they're full of demons. And that's why they're doing this, that, and the other, because they've watched the demons teach it to them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. For this reason, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, yes, he's the Comforter. For this reason, the Holy Spirit, so that God may deliver from the slavery of sin, will convict the world of the great sin of unbelief and not believing on the Son of God. People need to be convicted of not believing on Jesus Christ. You might want to remember that in your prayer. Unbelief and disobedience to God's word open our hearts to every kind of seducing spirits which trick us into sin. That's what they do. And the powers of darkness in the unseen world. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan 
with all powers and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because, because, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. In the opening prayer, you hear me praying for us to receive the love of the truth that we might be saved. It's critical. It's important. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. And for this cause, because they preferred the deceivableness of unrighteousness and they rejected the truth, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That's what strong delusion is. It's believing a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. All of this progressively leads us into increasing disobedience and idolatry and also more and more subjection to all satanic agencies. King Saul and his fatal end is an excellent example of this sin. Amen? Amen. So I pray that you'll recast the message and allow God to speak to your heart. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's up to us to choose which way we're going to go. Up to us to choose. It's up to us, saints. It's up to us to decide if we're going to obey God or not. Nobody can make the decision for you. Nobody can make the decision for you. Nobody else can make the decision for you. Amen. Area code 805, you're on the air now. Area code 805, you're on the air now. Hi, hi I'm here. Good evening. Hi, Sabrina. Good evening. Yes, sir. What can we do for you? Well, I'm. it's like your, your sermon really touched on a lot of Things that I, I open up doors, um, not intentionally, of course, but but through stupid actions on my own part. Um, basically, uh, I've opened the door to you know demonic, you know, um, coming into my body and into my chest. So I'm just looking for you know prayer or you know direction, you know, for help. All right. Now, when you wrote me, I wrote you back and told you there was something you needed to repent of. Did you do that? Yes, ma'am. 
I did repent of my foolishness and being a fool. Did you go through the scriptures and see what God says constitutes a fool? Well, I kind of have an idea that it's somebody who either says there is no God or doesn't honor God or ends up in hell pretty much. Well, what you need to do is go through the book of Proverbs and look up where the word says fool or foolishness or folly so you can actually find out what God's definition of a fool is. See, you cannot repent in spirit and truth based on ignorance. You can't come up with an idea of, well, I think it means this. No, you need to know what God says about it. You need to find out the characteristics that God lists in the word that depicts a fool. And you need to, so to speak, check the boxes every time it hits you. Because every one of those boxes is something you need to repent of. That's a a mistake, we'll call it. A lot of people make in ignorance. They want to make this generalized repentance that's not specific enough to break the bondage in their lives. They want to do the gloss over. Oh, Lord, I repent all my foolishness. No, get in the word. That's what the message was about. Get in the word, and you can center on the book of Proverbs because the book of Proverbs is full of it. You go through, and every time it says folly, every time it says foolishness, every time it says fool, you find out what God is saying about that. And you line it up with your own little life. You ask the Holy Spirit to come help you with it. So you finally get the point of what God is actually saying. So then... After you've discovered what God is really saying, your repentance is more meaningful because you see what God is telling you to turn away from. Does that make sense to you? Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. See, too too often... People come and, oh, I repented of this and I repent. No, you just said some words. You don't fully understand this situation from God's perspective. So you are yet to line up with him in what he says a fool is. You're still over here on some idea in your head. No, you need to line up with his word. You need to check the boxes from his word. So then you clearly understand what God is saying. I'll give you an example. There's a scripture that says that a fool will always be meddling. So if you're a fool, you have a tendency to be nosy, to be dipping in other people's business when you have no business doing that. You don't yet know how to respect boundaries and stay in your own lane. You understand? Yes, ma'am. So that's what your assignment is. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to go through the scriptures and go through the entire book of Proverbs. Because most of these scriptures, there are scriptures other places as well, 
but they are, uh, many of them are in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says God finds no pleasure in a fool. You don't yet understand why that is because you haven't found out what he says about being a fool in the scriptures. Amen. 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 Speak up, dear. Yes, ma'am. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, our brother's going to start with you at the beginning. I ask for the Holy Spirit to come with much conviction, Lord, to show him clearly the error of his ways. So that when he comes to the place of humility and brokenness before you in this matter, that his repentance will be true and genuine based on your word. We thank you for releasing the grace in his life. We bind the spirit of the fool in his life. And we ask you, Lord, to establish proper boundaries in his life. Establish and erect proper boundaries in his life that he not stray to and fro, but that he walks straight forward in the path of Jesus Christ. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor for it in the name of Jesus. Now, when you do that, I want you to email me and tell me what you learned. Amen? Amen. And then we'll pray for you again. All right? Thank you. God bless you. You see, saints, um, there are people that are taught and taught wrongly that all you got to say is, oh, Father, I repent. No, you've got to come to understand exactly what you've done wrong. You see, when conviction comes, people say, oh, I repent to get the conviction to live. But if you don't know what you're saying, you just lied to God. And you're going to do it again. Why? Because you don't really know what the meaning of those words are from God's point of view. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We want to thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Area code 678, you're on the air in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, Dr. Sabrina. This is Jackie B. How are you? I'm fine. And you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can't complain. God is good to me. Um, I don't know how I got keyed in this time again, but I just thank God for you and the ministry. I thank God that he, you know, for me being diligent and watching out for things that come before me or in my path. I thank God. Um, I think I put it in the testimony on, on online how I had did some shopping in the supermarket, and I had quite a few items, and I mistakenly, some of them weren't paid for. So I was in my car, and I was very tired, 
But when I got home, I said, Lord, you know, it kept bothering me. I got to take this back and pay for it. So I thank God that I did what he said. I was obedient, and I went to customer service and paid for the items. And the lady couldn't believe me. She said, wow, God going to bless you for that. She said, there was one other man that came in and did the same thing. I said, well, praise God. I said, I want to be right before the Lord. And I gave her tracks, two tracks to her to, you know, witness to her. So I thank God for that. So that's my testimony. And I, Pastor um, Sabrina, I also um, been praying for God to show me if any doors are open. You know, it was one door, I, you know, that we discussed that I asked God to close, and I pray, and I bind it, bound it, and closed it in Jesus' name. And I have not watched anything on TV that was not righteous at all. In fact, I don't really watch anything. That was one show I watched, which was wrong. And I and I stopped immediately, but um, I, I that that uh, warlock wizard rather continuously keep he he's really he's really I I can tell that he's really angry and I know that things there's no doors open I asked the Holy Ghost to show me but I haven't seen anything and nothing came to me anything else I think he just you know just warred against nothing just stubborn. Keep praying well, the her. Lord will take care of that, won't he? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. So I just ask for your continuous prayers that God continues to keep me strong, and I pray for my um, my one of the twin girls, my granddaughter, says, granddaughter that's in uh, Japan on deployment, that God keep her safe and that she come back home finished. I, I pray that she's finished because she seemed to like it. But I pray that, you know, she finished. She moved all her furniture before she left for more of her home base. So I pray that this will be complete for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Well, we want to thank the Lord for his goodness and Amen. his protection of her and the rest yes. of your family. Yes. And we know that God will do his will in her life because she has submitted herself to him. Amen. Thank you for calling. God bless you. Father, continue to bless this family and to keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. 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 Area code 786, you're on the air in Jesus' name. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. So, originally tonight I was calling in for one reason, um, and then I realized that I actually didn't need to call in for that reason. So, I'm calling in for another reason which is kind of, um, it, it's, it's different, but it's along the same lines of what exactly do I do. So for a while, I have, I don't know how to say this, kind of struggled with obe- obeying um, because I know in my head that I need to obey. I read the Bible and it says I need to obey. So I'll be blessed if I obey. And I want blessing. I don't want cursing. But 
something inside of me for a while has been making me believe I don't need to obey. And I, along with my mom, have determined that it's probably pride and rebellion. Um, so I, I tried today to simply just obey literally everything that I'm, I'm told, but it's, it's, for me, it's kind of hard, and I want some advice on what to do to make it easier, or is it not, is it not going to be easier? Okay, let me ask you this. Did you bind it up first? Bind what up? The challenge? Did you bind up the pride and the rebellion in you first? Oh, yes. You did. Like we do on the fast? Yeah, I have that on the table. Okay, and did you lose the will of God over yourself? Did you lose the spirit of obedience? And humility over no. yourself. No. Okay, well, you have, if you're going to bind the devil, you have to loose what God says. You have to loose the word okay. of God over yourself. So that's one thing. Okay. That's what we teach you Thank in the you. fast. Isn't that the way we teach you in the fast? Yes. Okay, then that's what you're supposed to do. If you're going to bind up pride, then you have to loose, um, you have to lose humility. It says, bind your pride. And then it says, James 4.10. That's what you're supposed to lose. That's scripture. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Okay. It says to bind your stubbornness and to lose Psalm 32, verse 8 through 9. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. So you've got a whole list of things. I mean, it's not that that's the only time you can do it is when we're on the fast, because once you have the list, you know what to do. Yes, and then you have to ask God for grace to obey, because you need strength to obey, okay? Okay, thank you. Everybody needs, everybody needs strength to obey. All right? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we take authority, dominion, and power over contrary spirits in our brother in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirits of rebellion, spirits of disobedience. Spirits that resist authority. Spirits of self-will. Take a deep breath and cough. Generational rebellion, you're bound in Jesus' name. Generational pride, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I know more than you, I know better than you, and I don't have to listen to you. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come up and out of him. Come up and out of him now in the name of Jesus Christ. Generational retaliation to authority, bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Come up and out. Come up and out. We're told you're told to submit to your parents. 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Father, in the name of Jesus, every planting that my heavenly Father did not plant, we uproot with the sword of the Spirit. We cut it off at the root in Jesus' name. We uproot it and we send it into the cage to the feet of Jesus to be judged. You're supposed to be coughing. Deep breath and cough from your gut. Deep breath and cough from your gut. Deep breath and cough from your gut. Father, we ask for strength and grace for our brother that he might be obedient in Jesus' name. Submitting to you and submitting to others in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Now take a deep breath. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come in with the holy fire and burn the rest of these spirits out in Jesus' name. Now take a deep breath and release your prayer language. Asking him questions to help you, okay? Asking him to help you understand. Okay, I did this, Lord, and then I didn't do right. Why did I do that? What is it exactly that's causing me to do that? What do I need to do? All right? Okay. All right. We love you. God bless. Thank you. I love you, too. Have a good night. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, we're coming. We're going to get there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We all have our difficulties in areas, saints, but we have to keep going to the Lord. Till he bring us into victory. Amen. Victory belongs to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, we're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. People often ask, who is behind the satanic transhumanist new world order? And what do the elites do to protect themselves? from all the bioweapons people often ask, who is behind the satanic, oh, that they are using, I went back to the first line, they are using to depopulate the earth. There are some whistleblowers who have answered this question. There's this man named John Coleman who wrote books a long time ago, and They're using them to depopulate the earth. There are some whistleblowers who've answered this question, and they're talking about the Club of Rome. It's not new. It's just that I'm going to talk to you about it so you won't be in the dark. 
the ultra-secret governing body of the satanic Illuminati elite who owns this world, so they think. If you want to know why all the politics is a puppet show, he explains it brilliantly. The Club of Rome is the chief think tank for the New World Order that was unknown in America until exposed in 1969 for the very first time and published under the same title. Set up on the orders of the Committee of 300, its existence was denied until the silver anniversary celebrations of its founding held in Rome 25 years later. The Club of Rome plays a vital role in all U.S. government planning, internal and external. It has nothing to do with Rome, Italy, or the Catholic Church. And in order to begin to understand world events, it is necessary for us to realize that the many tragic and explosive events of the 20th century did not just happen by themselves but that they were planned according to a well-laid-out blueprint. Who were the planners and creators of significant events? The creators of these events, often violent and revolutionary events, belong in the main to secret societies that infest our world, just as they have always done. Mostly these secret societies are based upon the occult and occult practices. But as with all secret societies to make up secret governments, they are controlled by the Committee of 300. Those poorly informed persons who believe that devil worship, demons, and witchcraft have vanished from modern society are misinformed. Today, occult-based secret societies, along with Luciferianism, black magic, and voodoo, are flourishing and appear to be far more widespread than was originally thought. What is their agenda? It emerged very clearly from Club of Rome meetings that its main purpose and objective was to retard industrial development, hold back scientific research, depopulate cities, especially the formerly industrialized cities of North America, move population to rural areas, Call the population of the world by at least 2 billion people. No, cut the population of the world by at least 2 billion people. Prevent reorganization of political forces who oppose their plans. Destabilize the United States through massive layoffs and loss of jobs and class and racial wars. And destroy capital incentive through high interest rates and high capital gains taxes. With the destruction of industry, he postulated would come the destruction of all of our basic morals, our basic beliefs in God and country, our Christian-based culture, which will lead swiftly to the return to the world of an occult theocracy of the new dark ages, the uh, Committee of Rome High Priest Harmon said 19 images of man Dominate various epochs And from each He extracts such features He believes useful For replacing the industrial Technological image Programs the COR and the committee Hope to emulate and will Turn the people of the world Those that are left As mindless slaves 
after the culling of Global 2000 has occurred in a dark age, the so-called New World Order. Harmon, the high priest of the COR, laid out a scenario that is in direct contradiction with God's law, which says that we must be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth, not for the benefit of the COR or the Committee of 300, but for the freedom of our people in the United States and others who choose to respect their national identity. The Luciferians served by Harmon, the members of the cult of Dionysus, the Olympians, they say, no, we were placed here to rule the earth and we alone shall enjoy its benefits. The high priest, this man's a high priest of this Luciferian uh, sin, concludes as follows. We must change the industrial technological image of man fast. Our analysis of the nature of contemporary society problems leads to the conclusion that the images of many that dominated the last two centuries will he will be inadequate for the post-industrial era. The image of man appropriate to that new world, not new concept, a satanic one, is 4,000 years old, must be sought, synthesized, and then wired into mankind's brain. Now, I'm going to skip a little part of this, and you can... This, that is why we had the sudden appearance of AIDS. There were chemical and bacteriological warfare experiments going on in Sierra Leone, Africa. They used lazy fever virus for biological warfare purposes to get rid of millions of people in the world. They took the viruses back to the CDC. The same experiments were going on at Harvard. The government gave millions of dollars to Fort Detrick, where they did all the laboratory work on AIDS. They inserted AIDS into the smallpox vaccine and vaccinated people in Africa and Brazil, hence starting the AIDS epidemic. Lives were in jeopardy from scores of man-made viruses like HIV and Ebola fever. The elites protect themselves with herbal compounds mixed with sugar and the protection of low-frequency radiation. Using the technology developed by virologist uh, who proved that every living thing has a vibratory cycle, he was able to measure the vibratory cycle of deadly viruses by vibrating them double their cycle, you would kill them instantly. That is one of the defensive weapons that they got that will kill the plague if they ever get it. The same technique will kill cancer cells. The medical professional profession run by the Rockefellers and pharmaceutical companies did not want you to know this. We uh, want to thank the righteous judge for his judgments concerning this. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a non-governmental organization called Welcome U.S. that was founded by Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Hussein Obama, three past presidents, has partnered with American Express and a host of other multinational corporations to fly illegal aliens into the United States for placement in your local community. With the help of fake President Joe Biden and his illicit regime, 
the three former presidents via their uh, welcome club initially resettled some 85,000 Afghans across the United States, both in 2021 and 22. Their goal for 2023 is beyond and is to bring in a whole lot more than that until every crevice, every last crevice of the country is occupied by migrants. For the Afghan portion of its operation alone, Welcome U.S. helped to fly nearly 20,000 Afghans to American communities. The millions of dollars needed to do this came from multinational corporations and brands such as Walmart, Airbnb, the New York Times, the Business Roundtable, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Starbucks, the Washington Post, Goldman Sachs, Goodwill Industries, Microsoft, and Shabani. There you have it, and more. Last fall, the Department of Homeland Security released a report showing that Venezuela had been emptying its prisons and sending the criminals to the U.S. for relocation and resettlement. Another household globalist name tied to Welcome U.S. is none other than billionaire George Soros and his Open Society Foundation, numerous members of which currently sit on the Welcome U.S. National Welcome Council. With the help of open border organizations such as Miles for Migrants and American Express Global Business Travel, Soros, and et cetera, funding even more flights for migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Ukraine, who will also be dumped in your local community in seemingly endless numbers. Donations are needed to fund the flights for newcomers to travel to the United States, reads the website for the initiative, begging for more cash from the public to make this all possible. Those forced to flee often leave behind all but what they can carry, and the cost of international travel can be prohibitive. Welcome Connect Travel removes the cost of travel as a barrier for both the sponsors in the United States and the displaced families that are supporting through humanitarian sponsorship. With the average cost of a single flight at $1,600, public donations through our partner, Miles for Migrants, will help provide a lifeline to newcomers, giving them the opportunity to safely travel to their new communities. Donate below to help newcomers access safe travel. Uh-huh. Since the wealthy elite of Martha's Vineyard, where Obama lives, have already made it abundantly clear that they will not be participating in any illegal alien relocation schemes, middle-class Americans will have to accept them into their communities instead. None of the rich neighborhoods plastered in We Welcome Our Refugee Neighbors yard signs will, will ever see a single migrant resettle there. But you can be sure that American suburbs all across the nation will be flooded with all these plane loads of people until Obama and company have successfully replaced the current American America with their envisioned new America. This year, the Biden regime also launched its own similar program to Welcome U.S. that aims to fly in 360,000 migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. That program program is part of an expensive parole pay line, pipeline 
we are told, that has already released about 1 million migrants into American communities between 21 and 22. Since he first started occupying the Oval Office, the pedophile-in-chief has brought in close to 5 million illegal aliens, all of whom now live illegally in American communities right alongside legal American citizens. The powers that be are working really hard to replace Americans with south-of-the-border migrants. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the 21 goals of the Illuminati and the Committee of 300. I'm going to get through as many of them as I can. One, to establish a one-world government, new world order, with a unified church and monetary system under their direction. They want a church and a monetary system that they control. The one-world government began to set up its church in the 1920s and 30s, for they realized the need for a religious belief inherent in mankind must have an outlet and therefore set up a church body to channel that belief in the direction they desired. Number two, to bring about the utter destruction of all national identity and national pride, which was a primary consideration if the concept of a one-world government was to work. Number three, to engineer and to bring about the destruction of religion and more especially the Christian religion, with one exception, their own creation, as mentioned above. Their version of the Christian religion, in other words. To us, number four, to establish the ability to control of each and of every person through means of mind control. And what Z.B. knew, uh, Brzezinski called Technotronics, which would create human-like robots and a system of terror which would make Felix D. Red Terror look like children at play. To bring about the end to all industrial and the end to the production of nuclear-generated electric power in what they call the post-industrial zero-growth society. Accepted are the computer and service industries. U.S. industries that remain will be exported to countries such as Mexico, where abundant slave labor is available. As we saw in 1993, this has become a fact through the passage of the North American Free Trade Agreement, known as NAFTA. Unemployables in the U.S. in the wake of industrial destruction will become either opium, heroin, or cocaine addicts, or become statistics in the elimination of the excess population process we know of today as Global 2000. Number six, to encourage and eventually legalize the use of drugs and make pornography an art form, which will be widely accepted and eventually become quite commonplace. Number seven, to bring about depopulation of large cities according to the trial run carried out by the Pol Pot regime in Cambodia. It is interesting to note that Pol Pot's genocidal plans were drawn up in the U.S. by one of the Club of Rome's research foundations and overseen by Thomas Enders, a high-ranking State Department official. It is also interesting that the committee is currently seeking to reinstate the Pol Pot butchers in Cambodia. Number eight, to suppress all scientific development except for those deemed beneficial by the Illuminati. 
especially targeted is nuclear energy for peaceful purposes, particularly hatred are the fusion experiments. It's particularly hated are the fusion experiments currently being scorned and ridiculed by the Illuminati and its jackals of the press. Development of the fusion torch would blow the Illuminati's conception of limited natural resources right out of the window. A fusion torch properly used could create unlimited and as yet untapped natural resources, even from the most ordinary substances. Fusion torch uses are legion and would benefit mankind in a manner which as yet is not even remotely comprehended by the public. Number nine, to cause by means of A, limited wars in the advanced countries, B, by means of starvation and diseases in the third world countries, the death of three billion people by the year 2050, people call people they call useless eaters. That would be us. The Committee of 300, Illuminati, commissioned by Siren Vance, to write a paper on this subject of how to bring about such genocide, the paper was produced under the title Global 2000 Report and was accepted and approved for action by former President James Earl Carter and Edwin Muskie, then Secretary of State for and on behalf of the U.S. government. Under the terms of Global 2000 Report, the population of the U.S. is to be reduced by 100 million by the year 2050. To weaken the moral fiber of the nation and demoralize workers in the labor class by creating mass unemployment. As jobs dwindle due to the post-industrial zero growth policies introduced by the Club of Rome, the report envisages demoralized and discouraged workers resorting to alcohol and drugs. The youth of the land will be encouraged by means of rock music and drugs to rebel against the status quo, thus undermining and eventually destroying the family unit. Undermining and eventually destroying the family unit. In this regard, the committee commissioned Travis Stock Institute to prepare a blueprint as to how this could be achieved. Travis Stock directed Stanford Research to undertake the work under the direction of Professor Willis Harmon. This work later became known as the Aquarian Conspiracy. 11, to keep people everywhere from deciding their own destinies by means of one created crisis after another and then managing such crises. This will confuse and demoralize the population to the extent we're faced with too many choices. Apathy on a massive scale will result in the case of the U.S., an agency for crisis management is already in place. It is called the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, who ex- whose existence uh, we talked about earlier. Okay. To introduce new cults to continue to boost those already functioning, which include rock m- music gangsters such as the Rolling Stones gangster group, much favored by European black nobility and all of the Travis Stock-created rock groups, which began with the Beatles, to continue to build up the cult of Christian fundamentalism begun by the British East India's company, Servant Darby, which will be misused to strengthen the Zionist state of Israel by identifying with Jews through the myth of God's chosen people and by donating very substantial amounts of money to what they mistakenly believe is a religious cause for the furtherance of Christianity. Fourteen, to press for the spread 
of religious cults such as the Muslim Brotherhood, Muslim Fundamentalism, the Sikhs, and to carry out mind control experiments of the Jim Jones and Son of Sam type. It is worth noting that the late Khomeini was a creation of British military intelligence. Uh, the detailed work spelled out by the step-by-step process which the U.S. government implemented to put Khomeini in power. Fifteen, to report religious liberation ideas around the world so as to undermine all existing religions, but more especially the Christian religion. This began with the Jesuit liberation theology that brought an end to the Somoza family rule in Nicaragua and which today is destroying El Salvador now 25 years into a civil war. Costa Rica and Honduras are also embroiled in revolutionary activities instigated by the Jesuits. The very active entity engaged in the so-called liberation theology is the communist-oriented Mary Noel mission. These accounts for the extensive media attention to the murder of four of Mary Noel's so-called nuns in El Salvador a few years ago. The four nuns were communist subversive agents and their activities were widely documented by the governor government of El Salvador. The U.S. press and the new media refused to give any space or coverage to the mass documentation possessed by the Salvadorian government, which proved what the Mary Noel mission nuns were doing in the country. Mary Noel is in service in many countries and placed a leading role in bringing communism to Rhodesia, Mozambique, Angola, and South Africa. 16, to cause total collapse of the world economies and engender total political chaos, to take control of all foreign and domestic policies of the U.S., to take control of all foreign and domestic policies of the U.S., to give the fullest support to super supranational institutions such as United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, the Bank of International Settlements, the World Court, and as far as possible make local institutions less effective by gradually phasing them out or bringing them under the mantle of the UN, to penetrate and subvert all governments and work from within them to destroy the sovereign integrity of the nations represented by them. Number 20, to organize a worldwide terrorist apparatus, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, ISIL, etc., and to negotiate with terrorists whenever terrorist activities take place. It will be recalled that it was Benito, whatever his name is, who persuaded the Italian and U.S. governments to negotiate with the Red Brigade kidnappers of Prime Minister Moro and General Dozier. As an aside, Dozier was placed under strict orders, not what happened to him. Should he ever break silence, he will no doubt be made a horrible example of in the manner in which Henry Kissinger dealt with Aldo Moro, uh, Buto, and General somebody else. Number 21, to take control of education in America. Here we are, with the intent and purpose of utterly and completely destroying it. By 1993, the full force effect of this policy is becoming apparent and will be even more destructive as primary and secondary schools begin to teach outcome-based education. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning up to 18 million illegals have passed through the border under the Joe Biden administration. 
instead of hunting them down, Biden's government wants to give them amnesty. This was the sentiment of Ann Vanderstel and Zelenko Freedom Foundation co-chair during her sit-down interview with the inaugural episode of On the Front Lines with Christine Hutcherson, founder of Women Fighting for America. According to Hutcherson, data shows that about 12 to 18 million people have illegally crossed the border during the Biden regime. Data is available via private camera system, ranchers, and other sources at the four borders, Pacific Coast, Atlantic Coast, Canadian border, and Southern border, but the federal government doesn't actually pull them. It's startling because I don't think the federal government is really going to tell us the truth about that, or they won't. Instead, they're advocating just to give them all amnesty, Vanderstil said. Hutchinson concurred, adding that the influx of in- illegals is straining the school systems, welfare systems, hospital services, law enforcement, housing, and even the supply chain. Everything that we need as Americans to thrive, they are actually raping from us. Where do you think they're getting all of this housing and closing? They're coming from taxpayer dollars, and we are already underwater. This is not sustainable, Hutcherson lamented. Elsewhere in the show, the duo discussed a major story that has not been made public yet, the tunnel system. According to a BBC report, a huge drugs tunnel has been found running from Tijuana in Mexico to a warehouse in San Diego in the United States. Hutchison talked about how the operations could not just be bringing typical drugs or humans in and out of those tunnels. There is something a little bit more nefarious happening with these tunnel systems, she warned. And I also believe that our own government clearly understands that these tunnels are there and I think in some ways have actually helped build these tunnels. But Hutchison and Vanderstil are optimistic that this could finally make it to mainstream reporting. We have the open borders and terrorists flowing through our country on the northern border as well. And I've been reporting on that for over two years. And I'm finally glad to see Fox and everybody else is kind of catching up, she said, highlighting the major implications the underground excavations bring. There is something a little bit more in the fit. I said that already. Okay. We have the open borders and terrorists. Okay, I said that. As well, I've been reporting, actually, I told you that. There it is, late evening on March 30th, the whatever that is, Mohawk Police Service, AMPS, found six dead people in a marshy area of Quebec near Canada's border with New York State. During the news conference the next day, Deputy Police Chief Lee Ann O'Brien said the bodies belonged to two families, one of Romanian descent with Canadian passports and the other Indian. At least one child under the age of three was among the dead, while another infant also believed to be from Romania family was missing, they said. All are believed to have been attempting illegal entry into the U.S. from Canada, O'Brien said. The police, uh, USBP agents report 743% increase in illegal migrants trying to cross the northern border. The police said they are awaiting the results of post-mortem and toxicology tests to determine the cause of death. Last month, the AMP said St. Regis Mohawk Tribal Police reported an increase in illegal entries through their lands and waterways using migrant sighting. They are requiring hospitalization. They also noted that people involved in human smuggling had attempted to use shorelines along the St. Lawrence River in the area. 
Meanwhile, Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau recently announced a plan to close a loophole in an immigration agreement that allowed thousands of asylum-seeking migrants to move between the two countries along a back road linking New York State to Quebec. So there you have it, folks. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudication on such in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 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 Brother Marshall, do you happen to be available for a moment? Or shall I continue? Well, I'm listening, and I'm here, and I've been praying in the spirit as the Lord leads. Father, you've heard all these things Patrick Sabrina's has read through. And you know we live in challenging times. This is not a big surprise to you. Thank you for keeping us all as the apple of your eye, Father. That's why you sent Jesus. Because you know all of us in the past have fallen short of your glory, Father. But you want us to have your glory. You want us to have your supernatural infilling of your spirit, Father God. You said, in the last days I'll pour forth of my spirit upon all flesh. Well, well, as far as I know, all of the humans that are listening are flesh. Made of flesh and bones. That's why Jesus came in the flesh, because he took our curses. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that you're ever living and make intercession for each of us. Right now, you're interceding for each of us. You're not the I was. You're not just the I will be in the by and by. You're the I am. That's why. And I don't even know if there's where I am here right now. I have a, a regular, I know I don't have some Bibles here, but I don't know where, how many Jesus. But anyway, you said, kind of a devil quote that, I better get there. You're a very present help in time of need. Therefore, will not we fear? Because why? Because you're a very present help in time of need. Well, this is a time of need. And you said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered in Psalm 50, verse 15. Well, whosoever's. So we take the cup of salvation because of the blood of the covenant. It's not our righteousness. It's your righteousness, Lord. And you said, when I see the blood upon the houses where you are, the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, we know, Lord, you did it before. And it looks like we're kind of going through Exodus 2.0. Some people call it that. I don't know. But you took the Israelites out. You didn't do it all the different plagues, you know, the frogs and the fleas and the whole thing. Even though the magicians caught on when you changed whether it was dust into something living, to fleas. That was, they said, oh, this is the finger of the actual God. This is not just our little magic. Up until then, they can match tit for tat and all along the way with what Moses and Aaron were doing. Of course, they only did it by your spirit, Lord, changing the, the staff into a serpent. And by the way, Aaron's rod swallowed up their serpents, didn't it? Isn't that fascinating? And he said, death is swallowed up in victory. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And Jesus, you totally whooped the enemy on the cross. Yes, Lord. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifesting, but destroy the works of the devil in 1 John 3, 8. And you did. That's one of the first 3, 8s. 1 John 3, 8 and Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all those that were pressed to the devil. 
and you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're a very present help in time and so we thank you for delivering us because your arm's not too short to save. And Father, we ask you to judge these people. If you can save the souls of some of them, maybe they're unwilling those that have been blocking those, those are just falling in their blind obedience because of fear and intimidation. But if you can get a hold of them, many of us, and I know I certainly was one of them, in the past have been controlled by fear because we didn't know about your perfect love. We didn't know what it meant to receive you. We didn't know that we had to let go of the old way of stinking thinking and do it your way. We thank you, Lord, as we do that, Lord. You do supernatural things. Super, super, supernatural things, Lord. Amazing, extraordinary divine favor for your people, Father, in so many areas. And you, did you take the Israelites out of Egypt? You did. Did they go through the Red Sea? Yeah, they really did. It wasn't just a little marsh and they happened to... No, it was a real deep body of water. Because you sent it, what thing was a strong east wind, and you blew all that night, and you blew back the water, and they walked through, kind of like going to visit an aquarium, right? There's fish on one side, fish on the other side, swimming around in the water, but they just walking through on dry ground. Because you make a way that doesn't seem to be a way. In the natural, it was like, okay, we're done. You know, there's a mountain on one side, there's a mountain on the other side, there's a big, huge river in front of us, and Pharaoh's coming with his army, and they were the strongest, biggest army at the time, whatever that would be deemed today. I don't know, it used to be the U.S. Army, maybe it's the Chinese, maybe it's the Russian, maybe it's some other army or combination. But, Father, he said it doesn't matter what anybody else is trying to do to us. <laughs> we don't need to fear any man. We only have to fear you, Lord. And we can't trust in any one human being. There's some human beings that do seem to have the ability to help and the ability to be anointed to speak the right words at the right time and to do the right things, Father God. We ask you to wake up the body of Christ, Father God, in the way that you want. Call the people to say, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't agree with the devil. No, I'm not going to do it his way anymore. I've done it that way in the past, but I'm not going to do it anymore. Because we want to follow Jesus. Because Jesus didn't just make a nice little offer to us. He gave us everything. He said, I must water poured forth in Psalm twenty-two, fourteen. What do you mean his water poured forth? His arms were all dislocated. <laughs> I've had dislocated arms. It's not much fun. I've had a dislocated knee. How are you not able to scamper around and do anything? The Lord doesn't take pleasure in the legs of a man. He doesn't take pleasure in necessarily physical armaments. When, they, when the, uh, the apostles had two swords, they said, that's enough. Two was the number of lack. We don't need to have bazookas and machine guns and uh, whatever people think is, is necessary. Because you give us all the armor that we need, keeping on all the armor of God. We walk in love. We walk in the truth. We walk in peace. We keep on the belt of truth. And, and we keep on the breastplate, not our righteousness, your righteousness. We, we think of that robe of righteousness. Even as you talk about in, what is that, Isaiah 61, I think, around verse 10 or something, the robe of righteousness. And, and, and you said it's like a bridegroom and a bride. They have their ornaments. What are the ornaments? Oh, oh, the ornaments. It's over in Isaiah 54 or something like that. That with his Lord, something like that. 54, mm, it's right around the time we're talking about the children. You're going to teach your children. 54, mm, 12 or something like that. And, and it, it's, it's, it's carbuncles in the King James. Well, what on earth are carbuncles? That's a weird name. It sounds like something from the ocean or something, something on the bottom of a ship. It's not barnacles. It's carbuncles. And it has to do with 
a flaming scarlet gem, like, like a burning coal. Well, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And what did he do on that cross? He became our offering in our place. He took the wrath of God. God hates all evil. Every bit of evil I've had anything to do with more than a little bit to do with evil in the past, but I'm a different creature. I'm a new creature in Christ by his spirit and by his grace. As he's changing me day by day, as I look into his eyes, I say, oh, he's loving me with an everlasting love. He guides me with his eyes, says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And he, did he love us? Oh, did he love us. How many of us would give, um, you know, every penny we have on whatever the bank is, whatever that's worth these days, for, for anyone that, that doesn't like us at all, you know, they're spitting in our face, kicking us in the shins, doing worse than that. How many of us would do that? He gave us much more than that, something much, much more precious. Oh, oh, diamond rings and rubies and emeralds. Is, is that what he gave? But more, more, precious, more precious than gold and silver and platinum and all that kind of stuff? What's more precious? One drop of the blood of the living Son of God, who has the power of an endless life. Because as the Father had life in himself, so did Jesus. So did and does Jesus have life in himself. He's not a dead God. He's the living God. He's ever living to make intercession for us. Thank you, Jesus, for interceding for us. Thank you for hearing all these prayers. And thank you, just as Hezekiah spread out all those things were spoken by Moses Sennacherib that was coming against her, trying to destroy uh, uh, Jerusalem, Father God. And he, he didn't know what to do. So he took this, this terrible letter written by um, the king that was coming against him to destroy them. And he said, oh, I destroyed all these other kingdoms. As God allowed him to do that. That was his plan, the creator God, that is. But he couldn't do it to the city, to Jerusalem, to the flow of peace. Jerusalem means the flow of peace. And Jesus made peace by the blood of his cross. He made peace with the eternal living God. So we don't have to sweat it. We can go to sleep in peace because we know that whatever that happens down here, it doesn't matter. We wake up in heaven. If we're not in earth, but if we're still here, he's got more for us to do. So, Father, we come and ask you to groan through us by your spirit, pray through us. And, Father, we ask you to deliver all the children in harm's way. Those are being um, trafficked for horrific purposes, as Pastor Sabrina has talked about and alluded to not only tonight but previously, Father God, and we've heard from other sources. Many people have revealed horrific things that are being done to the young ones, Father God. The families that have, that have thought they're sending their children off to a better land, because the United States sounds like a great place, right? <laughs> You can take snapshots of anything. It looks nice in one area, and, look like, and then you look in another area, and not, not so nice. So, Father, we ask you to help and deliver all the children, not just those that are being brought into this country, but those that are already here, and not just the United States, every nation, and not just Canada, not just Mexico, every single nation on the earth, Father God, every one of the European nations, not just New Zealand, Australia, every one of the nations, Father God, many, many people have been, uh, had like like a boot, like trying to crush them out, like like uh, trying to tread on them. But you said, "Don't." Tre-. Some people said, "You're not supposed to say that anymore." Don't tread on me. But we better not allow the devil to tread on, on us because we're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. From that position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we command there be no further flow of power communication. Satan, you the strong man, you the mind blinder, are bound. You that are blinding all those from the Club of Rome and all these different groups that Pastor Sabrina's just read about. All these different people in the Committee of 300, all these different groups, we bind every one of their demonic assignments to steal, kill, and or destroy. Satan, you and all your little underlings, working through all these different people, not to touch the Kissinger and 
Yes, even Jimmy Carter, some people thought he was a nice Christian. And and George Bush sounded like my wife used to. We used to think he was a Christian because he said he was, and nothing not with us. Or whatever, he, he, he has a little Christian lingo. He remembers Skull and Bones. That's not very nice. Um, so, Father God, and a lot of people, a lot of people that have all these connections, Father God. Even as Pat Holiday was always wondering, about, where did Obama come from? Barack Hussein Obama. And what does Barack mean? I mean, like a flash of lightning. But wasn't that the way uh, Satan was described as a flash of lightning uh, over in Luke? It was that chapter 10, just before the verses we keep quoting over and over again, Luke 10, 19, and 20. Behold, Jesus says, I, the Lord of lords and king of kings, behold, I give unto you, saints, power to tread as joined us with Christ, power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of them, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, Rejoice not that the spirits are subject to respect. We don't major in demons. We major in getting to know the creator. Because that's eternal life. This is eternal life. They might know you, the only true God, not the God of the Illuminati. Know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. He sent his arm. He, he exposed, he, he revealed who he is, his mighty arm. That's the mighty arm that delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, because the blood was on the lintel and the post of every door and every window. And even the people in Egypt who saw what was going on, like, we don't want to get wiped out. We've seen all these other plagues, and we know these guys are working with a, with a real power. And even as, even as um, who was that, um, Rahab the harlot over in Jericho, she heard tale about all this. She heard tale, and they didn't have the computers, they didn't have the internet. But she heard about it because it's a hard thing to hide the act of the living God performing on the earth what he did to deliver his people. How were they his chosen people? Of the Lamb of God. They had the blood. They, had, they, eat, they ate the, the flesh of the Lamb of God. They had that roasted lamb, roasted over a, over a pit in fire. And Jesus took the wrath of God. And wrath of the, our God is a consuming fire, and the enemy is going to be destroyed by the brightness of his coming. And he's coming really, really soon. We don't know how soon, but maybe sooner than any of us realize. said, so if any of us think we know when, when he's coming, we might miss out on it. So he told us to remain continually ready for his return, continually repenting, continually gazing into your eyes, your eyes red with wine, continually gazing into your eyes, you're the last Adam. Blood in the face, ruddy face, continually getting to know you better and better and better and better because in that intimate fellowship, we don't have to sweat it. We don't have to be in anxiety. We don't have to wring our hands, bite our nails. Not a very healthy habit anyway. So, Father, it's better to chew on the word of God, and that's what you tell all of us to do. So give all those and all the descendants of the backsliders a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. A lot of people, I think I was talking to pastors and said a lot of people are being forced to get to really know God because that's the only hope, the only real hope. There are many scriptures talk about the hope that's set before us. I think there's one in um, Hebrews 6, 8, is it, is that what it is? Um, I think it's 6, 18. It could be wrong about the address of that. Anyway, but we have to keep our eyes on him. And it says if we're looking for him, that's Hebrews, the end of Hebrews chapter 9. If we keep our eyes looking for the Lord, not necessarily lying on the change lounge with our lemonade, looking up at the sky, but keeping our eyes looking for Jesus. And how do we do that? We don't want to play patty cake with the devil anymore. When, well, I, you know, well I, I used to go and get Playboy magazine. Uh, you don't do that anymore. The lust of the flesh is not healthy. It, it causes problems. Carrying grudges against other people. Oh, that dirty, 
uh, Obama, Bush, nasty. And, and what's what's going on with Trump? Why isn't he standing up for us? Why isn't he coming to rescue us? Well, he's just a man. He's done a lot. He's not perfect, and he has issues too. So we pray for those in authority that can repent a little bit further, Father God, that can line up with your perfect will, and grant them. Even as a young person who called in tonight, I don't know if it was AK or not, but. We all need to humble ourselves in your sight, Father God, because God does resist the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Pat Holiday said she was the most arrogant person her husband had ever met. But she didn't stay that way, did she? She changed. That's why she called Pastor Sabrina and me co-hosts. She didn't say, I'm the high, mighty, mighty, mucky muck, and whatever, ever, all the rest of you are just little little sheep, sheeples. No, because she realized she's just dust like the rest of us in the natural, that God chose to breathe his breath of life into. And then, miracles, miracles, he changes us by his spirit so that we can walk on water, literally, and also walk in the spirit. And when somebody casts nasty glares at us, we can decide to pray for them instead of getting angry. Because when Job had his three friends come, didn't give him very nice advice. Oh, it's because you're such a dirty, rotten sinner. That's why all these terrible things have come upon you. Oh, I can understand that logic. You know, there's some scriptures. And of course, the book of Job was written before the book of Genesis, which is kind of mind-boggling. But, but anyway, they give him terrible advice. But what, what happened when God told Job to pray for his friends? Oh, pray for his friends? And then the Lord restored everything that was taken from him. His physical health, his family, his, his riches. If he started out, I don't remember the numbers exactly, if he started out with... With uh, 300 camels, he ended up with 600. And he restored everything double. And that's when you find out that human life is eternal. Because he had, what was it, um, seven sons and three daughters to start with? And he ended up with seven sons and three more daughters. Beautiful women, right? And, and why, because they didn't need to. Because the others never really died. They went somewhere else. Because human life is eternal. Not like the animals that go back down to the down underneath. It's the human beings go up to the God that gave them the spirit. So that's what we find in the end of the book of, of Job and a reassurance that human life is eternal. We don't have to sweat. We don't have to sweat.